This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yes, indeed. Great to have your company. Step on up. Step on up. Take a chair. Come on up to higher ground. This is your late night league lounge. And we don't just talk rugby league. We talk a bit of nonsense as well. And this is an open invitation for you to join in that nonsense. Join the conversation. Get involved with the show. Lighten things up. You might even have a gag. You want to tell us a joke to brighten up the spirits around here. It's just me. And the mad Russian over there. And we're in this little studio. We're here for the next three hours. So uh, would love you to be involved. And it'll be a much more interesting uh, program if you do. Get off your pain house, pick up the Al Capone and give me an SG ball. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. That is the open line number. Had some really good calls last night. Um, and obviously this is a Thursday night. I mean... I'm I'm getting I'm losing track of the days actually. We're not normally on a Thursday night, are we, Rusky? We're normally Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but we're going to do a special NRL finals edition. So Thursday nights from here on in, I guess, up to the grand final, mm. uh, this time slot will be ours up here on higher ground. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it means we're in the day before everything kicks off. We Absa. get we kind of get the final say. Absolutely. Before the day off. Absolutely. The eve. The eve. And what a game tomorrow. I mean, I tell you what, this this has the makings of being an absolute belter of a match. Melbourne Storm and Manly. Uh, Rusky, the mad Russian, he's an, an ardent Manly fan, so can't look at this objectively, uh, this game. Um, Melbourne Storm. Well, are they beatable? Are they beatable? We'll be sinking into all that uh, tonight. Jump on the line or drop us a text. 0457 736 736 is our text line. We're talking or we're hearing an interview. Rod Wishart, he was on uh, Drive this afternoon, Mm. was he? Yep. Couldn't he play? Hey, Mm -hmm. you talk about, and you talk about Mad Dog's thighs. I mean, Wishart, Wishart had the quads, didn't he? Wasn't he just a a brilliant winger? Um, I'm just trying to work out... When he started, what year did Rod Wishart start playing uh, first grade? Was it? You tell me. But what we're doing tonight, because it was more late eighties, mid eighties, nineties. Um, You're right. Made his debut in eighty nine. Eighty nine. So yes, okay, he yeah, he did so make his debut in 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 eighty nine. So we're going to throw it there. We want your favourite eighties player. Yeah. Yeah. Your favourite eighties player. So that's that's what we'd like you to to send in. You might know many of these because you weren't even born. I'm a student of history, though, Chris. Oh, you are in a, a story. I know what your answer will be already. Probably. Uh, don't, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell our listeners. Okay. We'll, we'll see if you do know. Uh, favourite player from the 80s. And I'll tell you what, uh, 
Well, no, it doesn't have to be grand final or finals. We're on the eve of the finals. No, no, regardless. Whatever you think, your favourite player from the 80s. Are we going to play a bit of uh, Rod Wishart later on? We will. Because I didn't hear it this afternoon. That's right. I was otherwise engaged. I do tune in to the boys on drive most days mm. when I can, you know, but I was elsewhere doing something else. It could be right at the end, though. You've got to stick doing, with us. I was doing Pilates. How's the Pilates going? Well, I've just taken it up. Right. A couple of weeks ago. It's sort of become a bit of a fad, you know. Well, I'm only doing it through the through the physio. <laughs> oh, no, Luxy Brooks, he's still here. What's he doing here? He's a hard work. He's the hardest working man in yeah in the station. I do normally listen in, but I was doing Pilates, right? So, and um, I had the re- relaxation music on mm. instead of SEN 1170. Why am I doing Pilates? Well, the physio recommended it. Basically, my left butt cheeks busted. The glute left butt. Yeah, mm. it's got something going on in there that's not good. Like the old dad joke, your, your bum's broken, it's got a crack in it. No, I'm telling you, my left my left glute's got a problem, right? It's the little piriformis or something. So anyway, anyway what it, I'm just trying to strengthen some of the little right. muscles in my butt. So that's why I'm doing Pilates. That's why I couldn't listen to Drive with Joel and Fletch. That's why I missed the Rod Wishart interview. That's why we're going to play it later on. Cool? Great player of the 80s, Paul Sirenen. He'll be on Crunch Time on Saturday as well. So Zero. Looking forward to that. One of great blokes Zero. as well. Oh, mate. And you know what? In origin, I reckon, I reckon, now you, I could be wrong here. Right? Mm. I'm not. I reckon any series that he played, full series that he played for New South Wales, if he played Ooh. all three games, we won. There you go. Our listeners are our best researchers. Anytime Ciro played all three games in origin, we won. I think I'm right. Might be wrong. Uh, but you're a great 80s player. So 0457 736 736. That's, uh, that's the line to send your text messages through. If you want to just talk about the finals as well, is there going to be an upset or will the highest ranked team win through in all four of week one finals? Will there be an upset? So first up, we've got Melbourne number one playing Manly number four. I'm tipping Manly. I think there'll be an upset. There you go. I said it. Got that off my chest. Don't shake your head well, at me. Well, it's a kiss of death. That means we're going to lose. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. We, we. Um, we've got the Roosters against the Titans. So what's that? 5v8. I think the Roosters win that. Yes. I can't see Newcastle troubling Parramatta. Oh, my, maybe, maybe. It depends whether Jekyll or Hyde turns up. And Parramatta haven't got a hooker. Doesn't help. No Marnie, obviously. No Lussick. He's out too. Um, Ray Stone will start at hooker, I think, yeah. and Will Smith will come in. But not with a, without a specialist hooker going into the finals. That's a little bit of a, a worry, isn't it? Um, I don't know. And Panthers, I, I, look, I, I, I think they're home. Are they home and hosed against? Are they your favourites to win it all? I think they have to be. I think it's a race in, race in three. I think we probably all would agree with that, wouldn't we? So it's a race. I, I no, you're not throwing Manly in there. Especially the way Manly oh, started mate, you the game. have a little faith. Manly started the game. Yourself, why they've started. A Manly fan. <laughs> mate, be a believer. But the way they've started the like, games last two weeks. Not great. They're not premiership wins. Oh, but if they start, start like that against Manly, against Melbourne, start. they're it's unbeatable. How it's how you finish. That's what Des said today. Melbourne might be unbeatable, Chris. That's right. Well, Desi knows. <laughs> Desi knows. Um, oh, no, Luxy from Paddo. 
Uh, hey, War, I've, uh, <laughs> I've just joined Hinge, Tinder and Bumble. Um, how do you rank those three apps? Well, I mean, how would I know? How on earth would I know about online dating apps? I mean, come on. I'm just more the organic type of guy that likes to, you know, uh, well, you can't even do that anymore, can you? But of those three, um, yeah, of those three, look, I could ask a few friends around. I knew... I do know a few boys and that are on and ladies are on those uh, those apps. Um, anyway, this is not a dating show. Not a dating show. Um, it depends what you're looking for too. Um, uh, who is it's Damo? Is it? Yeah. Um, Damo. It depends what you're looking for, mate. I mean, look, Tinder. They reckon they they think is more just a bit of a you know, ah, uh, quick fix solution. If you know what I mean. Um, that's what they say. Bumble. Um, they reckon that's pretty good too. The ladies have got to make the first move on Bumble, as I understand it. And um, and Hinge, well, they tell me that that's quite good, quite good. And you can chat with, with the ladies uh, without even matching previously, as I understand it. Um, that's what my mates have been telling me anyway. Right. Damo. So I hope that <laughs> I hope that helped. Now, 0457 736 736. If you've got something more um, more interesting than than dating, online dating, particularly in this COVID era, must make it very, very difficult for any of you poor singletons out there uh, in that sphere. We have got so much coming up, uh, you would not believe. In fact, how we're gonna squeeze this into three hours. I don't know how we can, and we may not be able to. We might have to drop a few. Uh, Shortly, we're going to talk to Steve Renoff, The Pearl. We do it most Monday nights. Yes, we're a little bit late. We didn't have a show on Monday night because of cricket. Oh, hello. And that's a discussion for another time too, please. Were we punted into the... Punted into touch for cricket. No, no, no. We were moved. In England. We were moved to a more desirable time slot. Thank you. Oh, you are. You look at that. Yeah. The diplomat. Yeah, huh? Thank you. Yeah, going to thank politics. You, you can. You. So we were punted uh, into touch because of um, India v England uh, for a more favourable time slot. So here we are. Steve Renoff is going to join us tonight. I hope. Now this could go awry because I a little birdies told me mm. that Pearl's off in the bush. Oh. Gone bush. Well, no, I like it when you are negative about things because then things end up the other way. Well, he's camping. So the kiss of death, but reverse. We may not get hold of him, is yeah, what I'm saying. Terrific. There might not be. Yeah, fantastic. Them. Oh. <laughs> I'm just being up front with you. <laughs> All right? My job was to get Pearl on the show. I'm just being up front with you. Okay. There may be a limited signal where he's camping. Okay. All right? So... Anyway, we'll find out, won't we? Uh, Brett Kamali will talk to Noddy a bit later on as well. He's calling that match tomorrow, uh, Manly and Melbourne. think he's also calling the Roosters-Titans game. So we'll talk about Nod about uh, all things um, uh, rugby league. Um, he's working with West Tigers at the moment as well, Noddy, more in pathways. I don't think he has anything really to do um, with this review that's going on, but I don't know. Well, I'll ask him, shall I? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Walsh um, from NRL.com. You might have read some of his stuff. Good uh, good journo, good young writer. He's going to jump on the phone and we'll preview uh, all the finals. We're going to talk to him also. Um, he wrote an article today and a lot about it is about hectic cheese. You know the hectic cheese? Brandon Smith, mm-hmm. Melbourne hooker. Cult figure. Let me ask you this, Mad Russian. Brandon Smith and Harry Grant are two of the best rugby league hookers mm. in the world. Mm. Can you have both of them in the one team? 
If so, for how long? Harry Grant, they say, will have the next decade as the Maroons' origin hooker. And yet he can't find a way into the starting 13 at Melbourne Storm. Brandon Smith has said openly for a couple of years, I want to be a starting number nine. That's why he was linked with Titans. He would have been linked with Canterbury as well. I'm sure he wants to stay at Melbourne, Mm. but he wants the number nine. Well, how patient can Harry Grant be? You tell me that Harry Grant wouldn't be a walk-up starter at any other rugby league club. Mm. Maybe South. No, he would be. Maybe Penrith. Mm, Appy. Okay, you get my picture, though. Uh, yeah. Surely. The vast majority. It's a, an embarrassment of riches mm. where you've got a Harry Grant as your reserve hooker. Mm. Wouldn't it be a good idea for Harry Grant to go back to West Tigers? Let me just, I'm just throwing that out there mm. because I was thinking about that today. You can't have Smith and Grant on the books there for any length of time. Mm. And for any length of time, I mean next year. Next year? I don't think it can happen. Only that's immediate. It can't. How do you squeeze two of the world's best hookers into your 17? By playing one of them off the bench. Hello, West Tigers. Get him back. <laughs> Get him back. West Tigers fans listening, I'm talking sense, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Yes. Aha. Up there in the bleachers. See, up there. Yeah, nodding his head. <clears throat> nodding his head. Chris is he's on the money. <laughs> Get Harry Grant back to West Tigers. Um, what else have we got coming up tonight? The Guru uh, Guru is going to come on. Yeah. The Prophets Guru from beforeyoubet.com.au. Uh, do gamble responsibly. Like talking to Guru. Um, and we'll go through all the games this weekend. And we're going to, on oh, this might be difficult as well, because you know when you organise these guests, and mm. Jason Oliver, he's from New Zealand, right? Mm. You're aware of the time difference, aren't you? I am. but it, I, Is he going to stay up? I was told he was a night owl, and he was more than happy to do it. Most journos are, aren't they? Most journos are. All right, we're going to go across the ditch and talk to Jason too if he is still awake. This is your special NRL finals edition of Higher Ground. Where is Sydney? That's it, Queensland. Silver Fiji? That's it, Queensland. Where is Bowerville? That's it, Queensland. Queensland's everywhere. Queensland's everywhere. Yes, each and every week we uh, we are very lucky to have Steve Renoff joins us on the line on higher ground. We talk all things uh, Queensland. Um, so not a great year for his team, the Brisbane Broncos, but they certainly improved uh, as the as the season rolled on, didn't they? Steve, thanks for joining us, mate. Now, listen. I, I, firstly, I've got to take my hat off to you because you are you are very very loyal. You are, I believe, out camping. You've found yourself a mountain. You've climbed a mountain. Um, <laughs> climbed a mountain to join us to find some phone reception. Where on earth are you? Mate, I'm at Wyvano Dam, just uh, just west of, of Brisbane. Um, so, yeah, we're glamping. Oh, actually, not camping, we're glamping. So <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> I like it. So... Uh... What are we in? We're in a self-contained cabin or something, or have you had to pitch the tent? Yeah, no, it, it's a, they they put the the big tents up for you, like a massive big teepee, which has got a proper bed in it. You know, so it's not really camping. That's why they call it glamping. Okay, okay. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, no, I, I have heard of it, actually. So uh, th- thanks again, mate, for taking time out to have a, have a quick chat no to worries. us. Uh, firstly, before we talk NRL finals... Um, State of origin, Queensland. So uh, we'll have a yeah. new coach, no Paul Green. Um, did that come as a, a shock to you? 
Not really. You sort of heard in the grapevine, you know, you hear a lot of that stuff behind the scenes. And um, so I, I thought it was it was pretty well predictable that was going to happen. Um, you know, after, you know, that's a big series loss, even though we did win the last game. Um, you know, the two previous games weren't great. and I, But I think Greeny does truly have aspirations anyway of uh, uh, being an NRL coach again. Yeah, and um, I can understand both both of their way of thinking. So Cam Smith says it's not for him. Jonathan Thurston says he's happy to assist. And Billy Slater looks to be uh, the front runner for the position. Uh, we know what a, what a great player Billy was for, for Queensland and for Melbourne. Very little coaching experience, though. Yeah. How would he go in the role? Look, I, and that, it, I've, you know, I've had to comment on this already, and I, I just said it, it's an unknown, Chris, as you, as you just mentioned. It's a um, great player, arguably the best fullback ever. Um, you know, he's been touted, and the, the thing is, yep, they got a good footy brain, but, gee, it's a, that's a big step up as your debut as a coach to coach an origin team. That, that's big. Mm. No, it is. It is big, and uh, you know, Freddie. Obviously, they look at Freddie and, and the mould that he's created. But you know, he had a bit of experience too before that, didn't he, with the Roosters? So, um, yeah, with with the Roosters, yeah, he, he did with the Roosters. But he also coached the like the Junior Blues as well. You know, he, he came through the ranks there with the, I think, with eighteens or twenties Blues teams as well. Mm. Um, so he he had a bit of a run in, and they had a bit of a setup. So Freddie's a little bit different when you know if, if Billy Slater step he steps up he. He's straight in, the, straight in the ring. Mm. Mate, on, on your Broncos, as I said, you know, a very ordinary start to the season, but they got better and better, didn't they? And uh, finishing oh. finishing the season with a win. But there's some green shoots there, isn't there? New, Cobbo, Farnworth, um, oh. Payne Haas yeah, Amazing. Well. Mm. Yeah, look, we, we had a we had a Brisbane Broncos old, old boys uh, gathering at that game, which was great. And to see those young guys, you know, see Selwyn Cobbo, you know, running 80 metres to score his try and, um, you know, to win the last game. And, you know, I gave Kevy, Kevy a text, um, you know, he's, uh, just the other night just to say, mate, good season. And, they, you know, the bottom line is they're competing now for 80 minutes. Mm. Um, let's have a look at the uh, Roosters v uh, the Titans then. So that's Saturday. That will be played in Townsville, the first of the double headers up there um, in Cowboy Territory. Uh, the Titans a couple of weeks ago, you were you were bold enough to say you thought they would slip into the top eight. They've done just that. Uh, Raiders bombed out. Cronulla also missed out. The Gold Coast Titans are there. Can they cause an upset? They've got a forward pack. Uh, when it wants to play, it can be as good as any. Um, and they've got a young fullback who I just love watching. Oh, look, amazing young. Um you know, Presto's son and, um, you know, that possibly have AJ Brimson back. Um, so, but for them, they, they can do anything. And that, they showed that in their last game. Like, the, the, you know, they keep them scoreless. And um, if they come ready with all their head, you know, head straight, they can beat anyone. And look, mm. I've actually backed them. I've backed them to beat the Roosters. They can beat them if they, if they come with the A game. They played earlier this year, Roosters 35, Titans 34. Roosters were leading in that one. Can you remember that? They're up 30 points to four. Yeah. Uh, and then the Titans yes. decided to um, to pull their finger out. <laughs> Scored five unanswered yeah. tries. Um, quite a remarkable game. It's, it's another good story too, isn't it, around the Roosters, Pearl? I mean, they have been you know battling with so many players out. I reckon almost 4 or $5 million of salary cap is, is not playing. 
They keep battling on. Um, and they'll be boosted this weekend by the return of Jared Warrior Hargreaves yes. and also Victor Radley. So it will not be easy at all for Gold Coast. No, look, two two very upfront, um, aggressive players in, in Jared and, and you know Victor Radley. I mean, we know what they can do, and that, that that's that's a big in uh, for the Roosters, and that that's probably um, the the problem if they if they weren't coming back and they they played them a week ago. Um, you, I'm still confident that the Titans can do it, but they really, as I said, they need to come with their their heads in the right place and just got to defend. But even like you said, that the the first the game earlier in the year where they decide to score some points and, and come back into that game, um, you know, they, they they just need to go out there and start really well and and, and just go with it. Mm. All the finals obviously being played in Queensland. And before we move on and preview a few of the other games, um, the decision yesterday confirmed that uh, Suncorp Stadium will host the NRL Grand Final uh, for the first time. Um, that's 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 amazing news for you guys and, and your old your old stomping ground as well. I, there was one other Grand Final played in Brisbane. It would have been Super League, and I reckon you would have played in at ninety seven. Yeah, '97. Yeah, we 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 dusted the Sharkies in in that that was out at A and Z. So that was that was huge. You know, we we I think we packed that out with extra seating. I think we might add fifty two thousand at, at that game. So obviously Suncorp, I think it holds about fifty two. So um, it, it's going to be full house. I, I was speaking to Al Graham yesterday. Um, you know, he runs the stadium and he's so pumped about it. And the whole of Queensland is it's just a it's so it's going to be so good to, to um, you know have the grand final um, here in Brisbane. Mm. Well, I'm talking to Steve Renoff. If you can't recognise uh, the legendary voice, um, and we do this each week on Higher Ground for Deadly Choices, which aims to empower Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples towards a healthier, happier life by eating healthy, exercising daily, and eradicating sugar, smokes, and alcohol. We can also maybe throw in there, Steve, uh, going camping, going camping, and getting out and about and living a, a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> Melbourne Storm, Manly Sea Eagles. The yeah. Sea Eagles they, yeah. they troubled them a few weeks ago. Is the Storm beatable? Well, they are. No, I think uh, I saw Desi Hasler's uh, interview. Um, you know, he said uh, he, he sort of put out there that the, the Storm are unbeatable. And I thought that was quite smart of him. He, I think he had a bit of a smirk on his mm-hmm. face. And look, he, he will have his team up and, and ready to go. I, I've actually, I've, I've backed the Storm. I, I just think, I, I just watched them, um, obviously, you know, over the weekend. And just the way they've, they play their footy. They're so just just go through this. They just they attack and everything. You know, it's just just amazing how they play their defence. They're attacking and and obviously with their you know they're, they're playing with the ball. They're just they're just non-stop. Um, so that's obviously what uh, Manly got to look at. And you look at all the big guns too, and all the seams at the top of the ladder. They're all doing really well in terms of um, injury count. You know, they're almost at full strength oh. pretty much. And you do need a, a bit of luck, don't you, to win a premiership? You really do need to have luck on your side. Is it as simple as shutting down Turbo um, for the Storm to win? Oh, look, I think yes. I mean, he, he's just been so dominant. Um, you know, with his return to footy and. Uh, he, he's dominant for Manly. He's dominant during the Origin series, and he, he's just that player that you have to stop. And that's easier said than done. Um, but you know, Craig Bellamy, he, he's smart. Um, so you know, he, that'll be the focus. I'm pretty sure that'll be the focus. Obviously, 
they got the big fellas in the middle. I mean, Melbourne Melbourne have a great forward pack. You know, there's no denying. And you know, I, I think they'll try and keep it there. And I, I always say with the Melbourne team that, um, yeah, I, I always you see teams that do do it. Uh, if you if you put a bit of expanse on them early, uh, you know, get to the edges and and not get caught in that wrestle, mm. um, I, I think that you're a bit more of a chance, and they can do that with Turbo. Mm. Well, that's what they did a, a few weeks ago, didn't they? A month or so ago, they yeah. they shifted it wide early, and um, they they sort of uh, rattled them a bit, didn't they? It's sort of a um... yeah, it does. I don't know why more teams don't do it because I've I've seen it oh, possibly two or three years ago, and mm. I still remember watching the game and they played against the Broncos, and the Broncos took them wide early, and they end up winning the game and. It just rattles them, so you just you just can't get in that wrestle in the middle. Mm. All right, um, the other game at uh, in Townsville on Saturday: Panthers against Rabbitohs, two uh, v three. Penrith, to me, they seem to be warming up to something special, and most people <laughs> have have uh, put a line through the Rabbitohs' hopes without Latrell Mitchell. Yeah, you know it it, it is unfortunate for, for Benny. I mean, obviously Latrell is so important to that team and you know he'd be he'd be shattered that he's in. but you know Wayne's Wayne's smart uh, he, he'll have someone step up I'm hoping um you know for for the rabbits but um look Penrith as you say with with Cleary back hitting his straps and uh they're playing well they they they're a bit of a machine that team so I and find it hard uh for the rabbits to to get past the, the Panthers can you see an upset in the final match? I think you've already said you, you don't think there'll be any upsets. This one being played at Rocky, hey? Brown Park, <laughs> Parramatta Eels Brown against... Park. Yeah, Parramatta Eels against Newcastle. How big's uh, Brown Park then? Oh, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been there, right? I, I'm assuming you have been there. I have been there. But mind you, we played a trial match there back in Super League days against the uh, mm. Adelaide Rams. So I have played there. There you go. And it's, it's not the biggest, but, you know, it's it's great. It's great for, for obviously, Rocky and, and for Rugby League. And, that, look, it'll, it'll be a full house, but I, I, can't, I don't know what it holds there. But, um, you know, I, I, I just, um, yeah, it, it's going to be good, good for the bush. And, um, you know, so um, we'll see how that goes. Mm. All right, so you're tipping eels get the money. Yeah, oh, yeah. Look, yep. I, yeah, I think I, I really do. I, I just think the eels will, will get there. I mean, they're just too good a team. They, they click back in, which is great. Um, you know, they, they went, they went missing there for a while, but um, I think they'll get away with this one. Pearl, thanks as always, mate. We do that for deadly choices, and I'll let you get back to uh, roasting those marshmallows. <laughs> no worries, mate. I'll sit around the campfire. Thanks for that, Steve Renoff, uh, Queensland legend. And uh, we do that for Deadly Choices. You're listening to me, Chris Warren, with a special NRL Finals edition of Higher Ground. And great to have you tuning in to uh, Higher Ground this Thursday night. Special Finals edition. So we'll be here on Thursday nights, this same time, time slot, um, 8 through till 11. So uh, get comfy. Get comfy. Take a seat. Uh, your late night league lounge, uh, Higher Ground, 0457. 736 736. That's the text line. If you'd like to send us a text in, um, do you think there'll be any upsets this weekend? Um, and what are you making of uh, the the edict from the NRL that uh, warning players basically um, that they won't be able to get away with anything during the finals? If you think we're going to uh, loosen the rules, uh, relax the rules, um, you've got another thing coming. 73 players are walking a suspension tightrope heading into the finals as the NRL warns that foul play will not be tolerated 
in the big end of season game. Peter Bedell uh, writing this article in the dailytelegraph.com.au. Um, so many players, really, really risky um, because they've got carryover points mm. throughout the season. A small slip up and they could be rubbed out, maybe even for a grand final or a preliminary final. Um, the likes of Victor Radley, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, Panthers halves Nathan Cleary, Jerome Luai, Cody Walker, Cameron Munster, Brandon Smith. They've all got some carryover points. Mm. I'm just trying to work out where um, Nathan Cleary, when was he? Oh, he was rubbed out, was he? Um, can't even remember what that would be for. But anyway, basically, look, you've got to toe the line. Be very, very careful. And I see Victor Radley, he came out today um, and said, look, he won't be changing his his style. Um, he's he's all or nothing, isn't yeah. he, Victor? Victor the inflictor. Won't be changing his style, but he won't be getting suspended, I think he's, he said, or, or something, something like that. Um, but a number of players in the finals will have to be have to be careful. What's your favourite player, or rather, who is your favourite player from the 80s? We're going to hear from Rod Wishart, and to me, he's more a 90s, no, player. 90s player. Yeah? yeah, but you get me on a technicality because he made his debut in late 80s. But you've come up with, this is yours, right? Mad yeah. Russian, as the executive producer of this show, this fine show, uh, who's your favourite player from the 80s? And I knew it was more in your wheelhouse, you know. That's probably when your rugby uh, league fandom was at its... I could, I could do 90s. I could do 90s. I could do 2000s. But I'm happy with 80s. Happy with 80s. Happy with 80s. I was born in the 70s. Yeah. Well, you can slip in the 90s. You know, well, you know me. It's, it's got to be Parramatta, isn't it? Because right. I was a mad Parramatta nut. We've just talked to Steve Renoff, who is, you know, the face of the Broncos in the Good 90s. man. Well, one Pearl. of the faces of the Broncos in what the 90s. What about Pearl taking time out of his camping trip I to know. talk to you and me? Absolutely. Isn't that good? Yeah. And he found the perch high up on the mountain there. <laughs> Above where was he? Lake, yeah, you, Queensland. Lake Geneva. Yeah. I don't know. Go. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. Um, do you camp? Do I camp? Yeah. Yes. Do you like camping? I don't know. I don't Are you an outdoors camping. kind of guy or not? Every now and then. Yeah. You don't like getting oh, your hands I'd dirty, do you? I'd rather be in a motel. You don't like building fires and no. stuff, do you? No, you'd rather be more of a techno nerd, aren't That's you? Right. Huh? That's why I'm in here. I've got my, all my oh, flashing lights. Oh, you got to get out amongst my... it, mate. Bear Grylls stuff. Get out there. Live off the land. Wouldn't you like to do that? <laughs> Bear Grylls. Absolutely My kids not. would love to do that. We often say, Dad, oh, they've said to me, can we just take the boat, go up the river? And um, I said, oh, we're going to take fishing lines, a lighter, and some water, and maybe some cans of baked beans. And that's all we take for a few days. That sounds like my oh, I would idea love it. No, so you wouldn't like that. Uh, no, I'd, we'd love that stuff. So you got to catch your own bait, catch your own fish, Oof. build your own fires, mate. That's the way to do it. Get yourself away from all this technology. It's not good for the soul. Get out amongst it. Generation. Um, oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the open line. Uh, no, that's the text line. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Feel free to pick up the phone. Um, get a wah. Oh, Timmy, the tool man's on the line. Thanks, uh, Timmy, for listening. Um, get a wah. That's me, by the way. For those that uh, haven't listened uh, all that often, wah is my nickname in my rugby league playing days. My teammates would call me wah, and my schoolmates called me was. So. Uh, Wah it is uh, for now. Tim the Tool Man, and he's a mate of mine now. I haven't met Tim Tooley, but yeah, he's friend of the pro- program. Solid as. Solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. 
rocks that you can climb out there in the wilderness. Solid as a rock is Timmy the Toolman. Uh, overtime wire, I, I hope you're getting your ching ching, ching ching ching, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's not really overtime, uh, Tooley. I am just a freelance presenter, basically, you know, so I rock in here and um, I get paid, I get paid. Um, but I, I oftentimes do it for the love of it and spending good quality time here with the mad Russian. Uh, my upset for the weekend, says Tim the Toolman, Manly to beat the Storm. Oh, no. Uh, I'm one. with you. And uh, my favourite players from the 80s, Turvey Mortimer, Steve Mortimer, and Peter Tunks. Uh, is Turley a Canterbury man, is he? Maybe he I'm is. I'm not actually sure. And didn't Parramatta and Canterbury have some ding-dong battles through the 80s as well? The, and Canterbury of those days, all the, all the brothers, you know, Mortimers and the Hughes, and then they were the entertainers, weren't they? The entertainers. They loved to throw the ball around. Uh, Manly, uh, we're also in the mix, but Parramatta actually based uh, for I think it was a year, maybe even two, at Belmore. Parramatta played all their home Is games. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. While Parramatta Stadium was getting built, of course. What year was that? Um, what year was that? Work that one out for me. Parramatta Stadium was being built. What year? The original was that? Parramatta Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not not Bankwest. The original Parramatta Stadium was being built. Oh, God, I don't know. Let me, 80, let me do my research. Keep, I'm thinking keep 84. Reading keep I'm reading thinking 85. Um, uh, hey, Warren from Blacktown, my favourite 80s player is Ray Price. My nickname for Wayne Pierce was uh, half a Ray Price. Okay. Yeah, different players, weren't they? Uh, Pricey and, and, and Wayne Pierce and careers would have overlapped, but... um. Ray Price, yeah, yeah, he's got to be up there. I loved him. Loved Price. He still do. Mr. Perpetual Motion. And what about the praying mantis, you know, in front of the goalpost there, waiting for the rebound from the penalty penalty kicks? Um, crazy, wasn't it? Brilliant. I think he got one out of 100. Well, one out of 200. Him, Low percentage play. Uh, and Wayne Pierce, yeah. I mean, how fit was Wayne Pierce? And how little were those shorts that Wayne used to wear? Talking about my butt cheek, right? And I had a, I got a butt cheek problem. Left butt cheek, got strain of muscle in there. Mm. Wayne Pierce, you could always see that jock strap hanging out the back of the butt cheek. Those shorts. I'm sure that's the image I've got now. Or was that Gary Jack? I think it was Wayne. Really small Balmain, mm. Balmain shorts. No looks. Is he still here? No looks. He'd be able to vouch for that. He's, oh, he's, he's in between you and me, age wise. Mm. Uh, yeah, players from the 80s. So me, it's got to be Parramatta player. Got to be Parramatta. Oh, Dragons, Rocket Ready. Mm. You won't remember Rocket. Mm. No. Uh, Steve Edge, there's a Dragons and a Parramatta player. Names you know. Edgy. Yeah. Stan Jurd. You won't remember <laughs> Stan Jurd. Um, but Sterlow's got to be Sterlow and Kenny or Crow or Guru. That, that's the one I was thinking you would go for. Bert? Brett Kenny, yeah. Probably Bert. But I, I love Sterlow, and I've still got locks. his number seven jersey at home. My daughter pulled it on the other day, did I tell you, for jersey day. There you go. Yes, Sterlow's number the seven with Sterlo. Hardy Plank on the front. Mm. 81, 82, 83, 86. Oh, my God, it's been a long time, hasn't it? Um, 0457 736 736 is that text line. Uh, Paul uh, says, even though I'm a Dragons fan, Cliffy Lyons was a legend. Oh, Cliffy, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Cliffy, what a player. What a natural athlete, a gifted player. Mm. He's a, I don't know how old he is now, Cliffy, but you just sort of think he could still, he could still run out and play, I reckon, with a fag in the mouth and all. Cliffy lines. 
Magician. Just dynamic. Just beautiful to watch. Naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. Cliffy and Bert, two of the best number sixes I've, I've seen in my time. Uh, text from the Central Coast. Have to say, oh, Bumble. So this is this online dating again. Bumble, uh, make the ladies make the first move. Great start. <laughs> yes, okay, Tex. I think I know what you're saying there. Uh, you think it's good that they have to make the move. No, not the move as in like the move, like they're throwing a kiss on you. They've got to make the first move as in they've got to um, swipe on you and mm. talk to you first. All right, Tex? Uh, Tim, the Turley's back on board. Uh, yes, I am a big Doggies fan. Born 79, I was. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'm a bit older than you, uh, Tex. Uh, the Entertainers, the Dogs of War, uh, the Blue and White through and through, Toolman. Well, good to know. Now I can make that a bit of a reference point. Also, what else were their name? Is the, the, the Family Club, weren't they? Mm. The Family Club under Bullfrog for so many, so many years and still a great club. Wooden Spoon this year for the Doggies. But you just know, don't you? You know they're going to go a lot better next year. We certainly hope they do with the additional cattle that they're bringing in um, and with Gus there to, to, to help Trent and the, and the team. People have been asking me, you know, um, will Trent be shown the door? Should he be shown? Well, no, you know. Look, if if the dogs, and Tooley will have an opinion on this as well, if the dogs don't perform you know, marked improvement next year, mm then Trent Barrett will be under immense pressure, in my opinion, right? Particularly with the players they've got coming in. Exactly, exactly. I like Trent. I like him a lot. Um, and I think it's 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 a bit unfair to throw, um, throw sticks at him just yet, you know, just yet in his coaching career at the Bulldogs. Our listeners might have a different opinion. 0457 736 736 is the text line. If you want to jump on the open line, you can. That number, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. There will be space on the open line after this short break. And we're going to sink our teeth again into the tales from Tigertown. Well, West Tigers and uh, more particularly, more specifically, Michael Maguire. They've been copying it from all fronts, haven't they, uh, in recent days? And not to, not unexpected, is it? Uh, the way they finished their season, being thumped by Canterbury Bulldogs, belted by the Wooden Spooners. But... This tale has been ongoing, um, and I reckon it's it's had a few spikes, probably three or four spikes across the year, where there's been inept performances from the team, and immediately uh, the coach is under fire. There is going to be, or is happening now, I believe, a review um, from into the club. It will be undertaken with input from these players, these same players that have failed, miserably failed, uh, to perform for their coach. Uh, there are many people with all ranges of different opinions on this. Some saying Madge has been there long enough, he should go. Others are saying it's above Madge, it's the organisation, it drastically needs to change and change fast. Others are saying their playing squad is not on par with other NRL clubs, and that is the reason. But come on, 38 nil was that the score at the weekend? 38 nil against Canterbury Bulldogs? Something's not right there. Is it that the players are no longer listening to their coach? Or is it that the players are just not putting in and not doing what they're being paid to do? Something has to change. We all know that. But the, the problem, I guess, that I, I see is that these players will have some input now into the future of their coach. Look, one person that knows a, a whole lot more about the West Tigers than me is Joel Kane. Um, yeah, Joel works here, doesn't he? Does a great job here at SEN, and he's passionate about that club. I know he's good mates with Michael Maguire. 
as I said, I didn't hear today's program of Drive with Joel and Fletch, so uh, I'm interested to hear what Joel Kane had to say. To make the finals in the National Rugby League, you need to be in the top half. So eight make the finals, eight miss out on the finals any given year. So theoretically, in a salary cap world, it's a flip of the coin chance for you to be in the finals. Now, for those into their mathematics, if you were to flip a coin 10 times, the chances of you getting tails 10 times or failing to make the finals 10 times, the odds of that are over 1,000 to 1. Put your hand up since 2014 if you have won anything. I don't care if it's SG ball, jersey flag, under 20s, reserve grade. Put your hand up if you have won anything. Uh, Paul Tapers there. Yep, you've been involved in the Blues camp. Uh, Madge, yes, good to see you. Tommy Talao, the SG ball. Well done at the Bulldogs, mate. Okay, thank you very much, gentlemen. This is to the leadership group, both on and off the field. Put your hand up if you think that you are playing or performing, if you're not an on-field player, to the level of your pay packet. I'm not just talking about on the field. I'm talking about the standards that you set, the standards that you set at training. For example... The Melbourne Storm for many years, you're familiar with the name Smith, Cronk and Slater. Yes, they were probably the highest paid players at the Melbourne Storm for a long time. They were also the benchmark setters for a long time. Now, I happened to be at uh, one of the launches for the West Tigers and a senior player came up to me and said, oh, Madge is training us too hard and this, that and the other and poor me, blah, 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 blah. A senior player. From that moment, I knew we were cooked. Now, if you're training so hard, I would love for this to happen. I would love to get the preseason data of the metrics that the Melbourne Storm have produced and the West Tigers metrics of what has been produced and then tell me if you're training too bloody hard or was Mads trying to get you to train as to what is required, given he has won a premiership at both his clubs he was at previously, being Wigan and also the South City Rabbitohs, he may know a few things about winning, which, based on the hands we saw earlier on, not many of you do. Yeah, passionate, isn't he, Joel, about his uh, his former club, and, and rightly so, and pointing the finger squarely at the players. And these are the standards that Michael Maguire wants. you know. And there was some at South Sydney saying he was forced out of Redfern because he was too hard a taskmaster. But he spent time at Melbourne, all right? He learned his trade underneath Craig Bellamy. The benchmark, as as Joel was pointing out there. So he's squarely pointing the finger at the players, saying, pull your finger out, you know, raise your standards. Don't try and lower someone else's, um, in essence, I think, is what he's saying. Keep those texts coming in too, 0457 736 736. I'll get through a couple in a moment. Reading an article today too, Blake Ferguson is close to signing with uh, Japanese rugby. Oh, Really? Really, I love Fergo. I I really do. So um, Michael Checker's in charge of, what is it, the NEC Green Rockets. So he's the director of rugby over there, Michael Mm. Checker. Um, Oh, I don't want him to go. Surely he can. Is there another another club somewhere? What's he on, Fergo? He's on too much, is he? Must be on. 550, they reckon. Mm. Which is decent for a winger. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what he'd get. In rugby. Mm. Uh, in I just think, rugby. I think it may be a year too early for Fergo to leave. He's still got a bit to give. I think you've seen that in the way. Yeah. Even the guys coming through. But not at 550. Not at 550. Not, and not at and price, no. I haven't got the buttons in front of me, but you know that. Yeah, that again. Yeah. That's the currency of love, baby. That's the currency of trade. <laughs> currency of trade of rugby league. It all comes down to that stuff, doesn't it? 
Um, and, and he's got to do what's right for him. So if he can get the same sort of cash playing rugby, he has to go and do that. Good luck to him. Mm. Uh, I'd like to still see him play at least another year in the NRL. And I, I think, but, you know, he's probably more around the, I don't know. He's close to the end than the beginning. 350? Mm. Is he a 350? Four? Three? Yeah. Once, I think that's, twice? No, no, no. I think that's about right. About right. Um, all right. All right. Uh, here's another. Tooley's tool back on the text. Back on the tools is Tim. Uh, agree. Wah, Barrett, this is Trent Barrett, has to have a year minimum with quality of players he got coming in next year. I still think we need a quality halfback or hooker from the tool man. Well, you, you thought you had your quality halfback, didn't you? Um, recruit, recruiting Kyle Flanagan from mm. uh, from the Roosters. You thought you had it, but for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out as you would have hoped. Mm. Uh, this young hooker coming through as well this year at the back end of um, of this year. You might be right. You might well be right. Uh, Paul is on the text line as well. Evening, gents. Just a thing on suspensions. When do you think clubs will look at sacking players who continually get suspended. He says Maguire and Evans. So that's Josh Maguire and that would be Kane Evans. Both clubs, these two players play for uh, a downer play for the first five weeks. In the AFL, you cannot be suspended for 16 games in your career. Otherwise, you are deregistered. I think Maguire has done that this year. Uh, The Dragons are trying to offload Sims, but keeping Maguire, unless Broncos... Still want him. It's a joke. Sorry for the essay. What is a bit long-winded, and I get what you're saying, though. Look, in essence, I reckon the NRL, and I don't know if this happens, and I've spoken to you. I've I've said this before. I reckon where there's a case of a player is stood down or suspended for something um, other than, okay, if it's repeated foul play, Mm. repeated foul play, I reckon there's got to be a point, a threshold, a tipping point in his contract where if you're not going to play 10 games per season because you are constantly suspended, mm. well, we're going to deduct it from the pay packet. Once it starts coming out and that same ching, ching, that there it is again. It's the sound of love, baby. It's the sound of love. Once that stuff doesn't start coming into your bank account each month at the same level you're hoping... Mm. I tell you what, I bet it can it can has an influence on behaviour. But you might think, nah, come on, Chris, you can't be saying that. If Victor gets suspended or whoever it is gets suspended for a high shot or or reckless or that's part of the game, you can't take his pay packet off him. All right, you're probably right. But where a player is suspended for off-field incidents where they are stood down by the NRL or the club, well, then I reckon there is a definite case where you can deduct that from the wages. Pro rata, how many games you miss comes out of your pay packet. I think then we would see an impact on player behaviour. Coming up to four minutes to nine o'clock, we're here until 11. one 1170 is the open line. If you want to jump on the open line, uh, there will be space there shortly. Up next, though, we're going to have a chat to Brett Kamali. Okay, let's uh, let's now really pick the brains of one of the best in the business, uh, former Storm, Sharks, Bulldogs, halfback, uh, 20-time kangaroo, uh, 10 times with the Blues. You know who I'm talking about. Does a lot of really good work for SEN for this very station. It is none other than Brett Kamali. Taking time out, um, I believe he's had a main course of um, of gnocchi. Gnocchi, yeah? Is that what you've had for dinner? 
I have, yes. Yeah. So, well, evening, Chris. How are you going? So, um, yeah, a little bit of, bit of homemade gnocchi. Um, and then uh, my second course will be a beautiful bit of cake for dessert. But obviously, I could not not answer your phone call. And no, I, pre- I appreciate you coming on and I will let our listeners in uh, a little secret. You didn't make it yourself, you liar. You did not make it yourself. It came from over the fence from next door. They made the it knock. It come over the fence. Okay, all right. Yes. Let's yes. get on with this, buddy. Let's get on with this. Uh, and what a game you're calling tomorrow night. So in 24 hours or so, uh, this match will be underway. Seagulls against Storm. They played a few weeks ago or probably a month ago. Melbourne, um, they they were made to work hard for the win. Um, I see the mind games have already begun between uh, Desi. We know he loves to fly under under the radar. He's saying that Melbourne might just be unbeatable. You buying into that? Uh, no, he's certainly playing under the radar, keeping him very low key. He puts a bit of pressure on Melbourne by saying that, uh, that they're unbeatable. Um, he would have done a lot of video work, um, prepared his side very well, um, that they were a chance of winning. I think Without Josh Adokar, it obviously exposes two potential edges for the Melbourne Storm that they could be a little bit vulnerable. Um, Des Hasler will come up with a game plan um, that will try and find a weakness in the Melbourne Storm. I think Des will take more confidence from the match only a few weeks ago because at one stage they led Manly and they made a few errors which actually led to the Melbourne Storm tries. Um, So I think Des will be comfortable, not comfortable, but he'll be confident going into the match if they play... As good as they can, and Tom has an unbelievable 10 out of 10 match. The, the, the Manly football side create probably the the upset of the year. I think this will be the game of the season. I can't wait for it tomorrow mm. night. As you said, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Melbourne Storm have got all their players back. They've mm. potentially got the best bench in the in the semi-final race at the moment. So I think it'll come down to some impact off the bench. Um, well coached, very well drilled. Um, Pappenhausen back and back into form. I think he's there, sort of the key for, for the Melbourne Storm because he'll be the last pass on some of their set players or the line breaks. I'm, I'm interested to see how drained Cam Munster is from the infection and the mm. and the resting of the week. Uh, he'll certainly play, but if he and I expect him to play well, but um, I just can't find too much of a weakness in both time in both teams. Uh, as I said, they'll both be well well. Uh, presented by their coaches. They'll chase an opposition defensively. I'm looking forward to it. And what Craig Bellamy does is the first 10, 15 minutes, you get an idea of where he's trying to break the opposition. So I'll be very curious when I'm calling that match tomorrow night to watch where the Melbourne Storm attack because that'll that'll sort of show me where he thinks they are vulnerable. Mm. I called that match um, when they last played. And, and you're right, mate. Manly, man, we, they were right in that contest, uh, but made a, made a couple of errors, gave Melbourne too much ball and... And you know the result. I just think I've actually tipped Manly, right? I just think with no Ado Car, all right, no Ado Car, Munster will play, right? He's going to play, but he's not going to be. Yeah. He's not going to be a hundred percent. Although we've seen what he's done at Origin after injuries, etc. I just think if Manly and if Turbo plays the way he's playing, I think they're a really good chance. Manly, if they lose the Sea Eagles. Um, well, let me ask you another way. What do you think their chances are of getting to the grand final? Well, I think there's three sides that can win the competition. It's Melbourne, Manly and Penrith. So, mm. um, you know, if there's a massive upset this week, then someone's going to have to go across and play potentially Penrith in that grand final qualifier. Um, then obviously all three sides can't get in the grand final. So I think Manly can win the comp, but it's going to take three of the best performances from Tom Trevojevic that we've probably ever seen. Um I think you know you're going to play if you play Penrith and beat Penrith. You're playing against the best defensive team in the competition. 
if you have the ability to beat the Melbourne Storm, then you've come up with something pretty special because um, Craig Bellamy, um, he limited Tom's action and, and input on the game a few weeks ago, but didn't stop Tom. So mm. um, I don't know if you can stop Tom. The other thing I think that Manly have got that probably other sides don't have is like, yeah, Foran is a great left-edge player. Schuster has become a sort of a, a hero to him in some regards because he's such a great ball-playing ex-back rower uh, and can play off the back of that. They've got DCE. Um, you can sit on the right. So I think they've got multiple attacking opportunities. So um, I just think those three sides uh, are the best three sides in the competition. I think Latrell suspension just hurts South Sydney so much. I don't see Penrith conceding many more than one try against South without without Latrell Mitchell playing. So I think they grind out. I actually think Penrith win very easily in that semi-final. So mm. uh, I think South potentially go out the back door in two straight losses. Um, uh, I think the the Melbourne Manly game I think will be so far so exciting so draining. Yeah. I think if Manly are the win though, I think Manly has got to be leading. I don't think Manly can come from behind to beat the Melbourne Storm. I think the record in the history of the Melbourne Storm is once they get in front, they just close the game down. So I think the key to Manly is starting well, getting in front, putting a little bit of scoreboard pressure on the Melbourne Storm. Mm. All right, Nod. And the other game you're calling, so on Saturday, the first game uh, in Townsville, the Roosters against the Titans. Radley, Jared Hargreaves are back on deck for uh, for the Chooks. Um, they won by just the one point, a really high-scoring game when these sides uh, met not that uh, long ago. Um, so the loser of Melbourne and Manly will play the winner of the Roosters and the Titans. Can you, can you see an upset here at all? Uh, not really. I, again, the player I think has been unbelievable for the Titans is Jaden Campbell. He's been in a real fight. He's really competitive and mm. just keeps going from strength to strength. So I think, you know, I'm glad the Titans made the eight this year. I thought Tino and, da- and, and David Fafita's signing was pretty important for them and they've made the eight. So I think they're on their way up. Uh, they've got a few probably... You know, Brimson not being there and obviously Jaden Campbell's emergence will help them next year become a better side. The Roosters have still got one of the best forward packs in the competition. As you said, they've got Radley and Hargreaves back on the park. Um, you know, they've got Hutchinson and, and Lamb that'll just control a game and be good defensively and they've still got very good edge defenders and, and a guy called James Tedesco. So the problem with the Titans is I think they still have some lapses or lulls in a game where they switch off for 10 or 15 minutes. And if mm. you do that against the Roosters, you're going to get beat. You know the Roosters aren't going to have a 10 or 15 minutes just to have a little rest and make some poor defensive choices. So mm. been a pretty brave performance from the Roosters all year. Uh, I think they win this match because of the culture of the football club and knowing how to play well in big games. But, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, the Titans have done well to get there. And I, I, yeah, Justin Holbrook, I think he's going to be a very good, successful coach for the Titans for a long, long time. Newcastle, any chance against uh, Parramatta? Yeah, if Caelan Plonger plays the house down and touches the ball about 40 times. Right. The, the good part for Newcastle is they get to the two Saifidi brothers back and David Clemmer back. Um, big tackle forward. They've been poor, so poor in a tackle a year, but they've been winning the last five or six matches. Um, they haven't really found a, a clear attacking game. Uh, I think Parramatta would win. Parramatta expected to win. Um, I'm just concerned about there's no dummy half for Parramatta. So that, right. does that sort of affect the, the, the width of the pass, the, the the cleanness of the pass um, when it comes time to set plays. And you bet pieces. it does. So, yeah, I think it does. Um, I, I think Parramatta win, but it, you know, mm. that, an upset there wouldn't surprise me. Mm, okay. Um, now, before you head back to your banoffee pie or whatever you're having for dessert, <laughs> um, your employers at the moment, West Tigers, they've copped a real 
rough ride in the press over the last few days. Um, you, I imagine, will be playing uh, some sort of part or a small part in that review process. Would that be right? No, no part of that process. We're uh, yeah. obviously in pathways. Pathways are a bit different to NRL. We're in the process at the moment, Chris. It's been really exciting the last few days. We're actually interviewing um, potential candidates for junior teams. So it's actually um, getting ready for hopefully if potentially COVID comes to an end some stage this year, we're going to have open trials and get ready to play. I think the great part for New South Wales rugby league is in the world. I think it's the 5th of February will be the commencement of junior reps next year. So uh, that's our focus at the moment, Chris. But yeah, you feel a bit sorry for Michael McGuire and all those people at the top end who are going through criticism and review. Uh, I think the club's not far away from being a very, very successful club, but I think the way it finished was probably a bit um, bit disastrous for the club. Mm. All right, mate. Thanks for taking time out from uh, your your cuisine, your Italian-themed cuisine there tonight. So what was it? Gnocchi and bonoffi pie. Uh, Bonacetta. Oh, thank you. Great, man. Okay. See you, champion. Appreciate your time. And there he is, uh, Brett Kamali. So you'll hear Noddy tomorrow on SEN 1170. Uh, he'll be calling that, uh, that big match. Um, Melbourne Storm against Manly. Will there be an upset? I guess time will tell. You're listening to NRL Nation. Well, not even NRL Nation. You'll join NRL Nation with Noddy tomorrow. Um, breaking news too. Manly injury concerns ahead of tomorrow's match with Melbourne Storm. And a player is out injured. No, it's not Tommy Turbo. I hear you all sigh. Lachlan Croker will miss the match. So uh, their hooker, who's done a great job, hasn't he, this year? Makeshift hooker, really. Lachlan, he's he's more of a 5'8", Lachlan Croker. He's, um, you know how I was telling you I've got a tight butt cheek, left butt cheek. Um, Croker has pulled up with tightness in his uh, lower back after training today. So it's been decided they won't risk him. So Carl Lawton. Um, is named at hooker. So he'll start at hooker. Curtis Sirenen has been promoted to the bench. Uh, Carl's played a lot of hooker, a lot of hook there too with the Warriors as well. He's probably more of a back rower though and probably more effective as a back rower. Um, so Carl uh, will come into that. Um, I was just reading also um, on that, that preview of, of tomorrow's uh, game between Manly and Melbourne. If I asked you, and now I've lost it, if I asked you though, how many, if they've played 39 games, Manly and Melbourne. How many do you reckon Manly have won of that? I'd say to be 30 to 40%. So doing my maths very quickly, that'd be around between 15 and 20. So I'll say 17, 18. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, no. Um, well, I'm just trying to find it now. I've had it here in front of me. They've played 39 games. What are you saying? 17 or 18. So about 40% Manly. Yeah, 30, 40%. Most teams would be around the 20 or 30% against Melbourne, wouldn't they? That Yeah. No, we're not far off. Yeah, Manly, 15. So they've played 39 times. Manly, 15. Yeah. And Storm, 23. And they've had that, that one draw as well. You are listening to Higher Ground. Coming up to quarter past nine, 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Don't forget, we're asking too, um, your, your favourite players from the 80s. From the 1980s, keep those coming through as well. And if you want to jump on the phone, you can. one one 1170 is uh, is our 
our open line for the Late Night League Lounge. Up next, I'm going to have a chat to Dan Walsh from NRL.com. Well, we continue our build-up now to the finals and NRL.com's Dan Walsh joins us on the line. Thanks for your company, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, Chris. How are you going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm itching for tomorrow's game. I've got to be honest with you. I mean, a few weeks ago, Manly, they gave them, not a tickle up, but they certainly um, gave them a run for their money, Melbourne Storm. Um, so let's start with that game, the, the first cab off the rank. I mean, um, Desi Hasler, uh, I see today in, a, in an article you wrote, your lead article on NRL.com, the mind games have begun, hey? He's claiming that maybe Melbourne are impossible to beat. What do you make of that? Yeah, uh, Chris, mate, first off, I'm I'm in the same boat. I'm thinking this could almost be the game of the season thus far, just given just the talent across both sides and the form they're both fitting it in. Uh, in terms of, yeah, Des's press conference uh, early this morning, Craig Bellamy had his right of reply a few hours later, and uh, I don't know if Craig even briefed on it beforehand, but the question barely got out before Craig goes... <laughs> Uh, Des said that, did he? Yeah, mind mm. games right there. So I think that, yeah, and Clay fired back, uh, well, not fired back, so to say, but he rightly pointed out that Manly, um, well and truly, the form team of the past month, uh, they're at full strength. So uh, if anyone, yeah, in terms of, if anyone's, in terms of being beatable, um, Manly's right up there and they're right in this competition as well. So, mm. yeah, a bit of, Bit of mind games from Deeds, but yeah, Craig Bellamy well aware of it, and yeah, it sets the scene for just a cracker tomorrow night. It's a great way to start the series. Ah, should be. Hey, yeah, I mean, um, and you always have this banter between these two. It's um, so Bellamy's basically saying that Manly are anything but a dark horse. They they have been in really good form, and, and we know they have been in, in great form. It's a strange one, isn't it? I think. I, am I right in saying Desi's the only coach with a winning record against Craig Bellamy? Yeah, yeah, it really, yeah, you're right there, Chris. And, uh, yeah, the thing is, especially when you look at, you know, you compare it to a, a coach like Wayne Bennett, who he just can't buy a win against Craig Bellamy's side. But it is just, uh, whatever it is, Des has figured out, you know, a little bit that, um, yeah, does work against Craig Bellamy's side. Uh, you know, whether, how it plays out tomorrow is just going to be uh, fascinating in terms of, you know, uh, Cameron Munster, how big a role does he play? Uh, expecting him to, uh, he'll get the call on whether he's fit or not. Craig Bellamy is going to trust him with the decision on the knee infection that he's been sporting. Uh, so that, that's a, you know, just one of many subplots to it in terms of you know, Cam Munster, the bloke, mm. the bloke can play hungover and win you, win you an Origin <laughs> series. So uh, yeah, in terms of what he can do with an infected knee, it could well bring the best out of him. Uh, I personally, I expect him to play. So, yeah, it's just another star that's going to turn out. And then you're talking, you know, Savoyevich, David Evans, Ryan Pat- I could, I could name you one to seventeen for both teams. They're just been that good and nick at the moment. Mm. Uh, yeah, shaping up as a fantastic game and uh, easily the hardest one to pick as far as actually picking a winner out of this because, as you said, Manly's just coming in absolutely red hot, mm. but Melbourne's been that way all season. I tell you who's had a, a red hot season, and that is uh, Brandon Smith, um, the, the the cheese or whatever his, his name is these days. Um, <laughs> it's an embarrassment of riches almost that Melbourne has got in that they've got two world class hookers in Brandon Smith and uh, and Harry Grant. 
Um, and now Harry will find himself well, on the bench uh, playing second fiddle to Brandon Smith. I think at the start of the year, we probably thought it might be the other way around, but such has been Brandon Smith's form this year. It's been irresistible. Um, and Craig Bellamy has had no choice really, but to hand him the number nine jersey. It's been a remarkable season from him. And when he's firing, the storm is firing. Tell us a bit about the cheese um, and how he has gone from relative anonymity um, to be a star in his own right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I, uh, I got to have a bit of time with Cheese uh, over the phone. Uh, you know, due to COVID restrictions earlier this week. But uh, in, uh, I think we all see it in terms of the Instagram stories, the Channel 9 interviews, not stitching someone up, he's being stitched up. Uh, he's a fantastic character. But I, uh, I felt like throughout the year, uh, his footy has probably been overshadowed by that a little bit. But uh, what Melbourne are, tell, you know, Melbourne are happy to say is that Brandon is really the heartbeat of his team at the moment in terms of his, uh, throughout his leadership has come on in leaps and bounds as a ball player. Uh, and, yeah, that's how he's keeping Harry Grant on the bench. And uh, the thing is, he and Harry are great mates. There's no... It's not so much a competition as a combination between those two. And uh, the thing with, with Brandon that's really come to the fore for Melbourne, and they're as surprised as anyone, is that uh, he's, lead, he's, he's turned into a new leader at the club in terms of mm. during the Origin series, uh, you know, when you're missing your monsters, uh, you know, your Dale Finnegan's and the like. Uh, Brandon Smith, the rat bag, he's driving the standards. He, he's driving Craig Belling up a wall, but he's also, uh, you know, making sure these blokes complete their extras and that professionalism that Melbourne has just set the bar out for so long. And so that's where Green has really come along in leaps and bounds this year. And as far as what you've seen from the number nine, he's just he's quite unlike anything we've seen in a while because he's, he's 94 kilos of elbows and arms. And mm. He's very hard to stop, but he's also got a little bit of ball playing to him. And uh, yeah, I'll always bow down to guys like uh, Buddy and Andrew Johns when it comes to the, the creative side of things and when those two absolutely love a player and what he brings and how he approaches his craft, which they do with Brandon, uh, it's a fair indication of where the bloke you know, where the bloke stands in terms of how his teammates view him and how uh, you know, people in no rugby league view him. And so uh, this season has just been pretty phenomenal for him and uh, yeah, he's a really interesting character to look at yeah, as the final series kicks off, and mm. there's no shortage of those across the game. Talking to uh, Dan Walsh from NRL.com about uh, all things, well, on the eve of uh, the NRL finals, and uh, we're talking about the hectic cheese, uh, Brandon Smith, who has made the number nine jersey his own at the the Melbourne Storm. There's a start of the season, Dan, where, you know, the talk's linking him with the Titans, with the Bulldogs. What's his long-term future? For, for me, I think it's a real luxury that a club can have um, Brandon Smith and Harry Grant. I mean, it almost it's almost too good to be true. And I'll tell you one club that could really do with Harry Grant, I, I doubt it would ever happen, wouldn't West Tigers love to have him back? Oh, they would have loved to have never let him go. They would have loved mm. to have kept him after, uh, you know, the daily and rookie of the year season with them. It is a really interesting point for those two. And I think it will come to a head at the end of the season. Mm. Both, uh, as I said before, both of them are great mates. They talk. They 
they do exercise together, they talk about their craft together, they're, they're just socially, they're good mates, so the competition there is not so much, uh, it's not personal in any way, but at some point both of them want to be starting hookers, don't they? Mm. And there's only one of those in each team, so all bets are off until the end of the season. Uh, Brandon specifically said uh, during, during the interview I had that he told his manager, no talking to journalists, no talking to clubs, no talking to me. Uh, we're just leaving that because he wants to win another premiership. Hang on, Dan, uh, but he, he spoke He spoke to you, didn't he? <laughs> he did, he did. And that was the one where he goes... Exclusive. Yeah, and, and I can tell you that uh, like, the tone noticeably changed when I said, mate, yeah, we've got to talk about the future because it's been the talk of the town for the last 12 months. And Brandon Smith, happy-go-lucky, lovely fella, uh, it's yeah, the temperature dropped in the conversation. I can tell you. So he, <laughs> he's a little bit sick of all the speculation around him. But at the same time, when you go to market, when you do talk to other clubs, there's been interest from the Roosters. Obviously, the Bulldogs are love to get a hold of him. And you know, there's five or six other clubs that given the chance they mm. would. Uh, yeah, you can't help but have that. But at the moment, um, Brandon, so any sort of formal negotiations, they'll be put to the side until Melbourne season is running down. And Harry Grant, though he's on contract with Melbourne for another year or two, he's also in, in a similar position where he's playing well and truly above his value at the moment. So I expect a similar sort of situation where Melbourne will eventually sit down with Harry and say, right, what can we do for you? What can we do for Grant? And, and how can we sort this out? Mm. Because Melbourne is, they are the absolute benchmark and yeah, they're going to work out a way that they can try and keep them. Uh, whether they can, it's an absolutely another matter altogether. Mm. Watch this space. Hey, all right, other player movements, uh, you're, you're right across it now. Um, Moses Sully, it looks like a, a deal is being done for him to go to the Dragons next season. And I think that opens up a bit of cap space for, for Manly, uh, bringing in Ethan Bullimore. Do you reckon that's a good acquisition for them? Yeah, Bullymore is, um, well, put it this way, Brisbane didn't want to, did not want to lose the young fella, but they've got, uh, they've got, some, they've got a cavalcade of young forwards coming through, and I think Bullymore especially is quite suited to, the, to this high-octane, kick-again game we've got at the moment where leg speed and power is what you really want from a forward. Uh, so uh, Manly won't be making any comment on that, and they won't be making any announcements while their season's still alive. Uh, and the same thing goes for Moses Sully, but the deal for the Dragons is done there. Uh, but expecting that Ethan Bullymore to arrive as well as a bit of a background enforcement and yeah, adding yeah, potentially a bit of leg speed off the bench. And uh, the other thing with Manly as well is Dylan Walker. He's, uh, he's moving into a bit of a utility role, given mm. the, uh, the great form of Brad Parker and Morgan Harper that wire. They're kicking out the centres. So Dylan's. He's sort of reshaped himself a little bit, hasn't mm. he? And moved into the middle a bit. Uh, he's off contract, but there has been an offer on the table for some time from Manly. Uh, I expect that one to be done as well after the season. What, basically, now that finals have kicked off, most negotiations do get put to the side for, for the guys when they are focusing on these big games. But uh, yeah, Manly, just a few little, few tinkers and a few tweaks to that roster that Ben Taylor has got absolutely singing at the moment. All right, Dan, before you head off, mate, um, four games this weekend then. Are there any upsets? 
Fair question. Uh, honestly, Chris, I don't see it. I think if met, well, Tom's boy, which is the wild card, of course, and Manly. Uh, there's more than a few, you know, the likes of Josh Fish and Barry Fairmanager as well, and you can certainly get some done. But if Melbourne can keep Tom boy, which on a leash, I see them uh, progressing there. And then, yeah, the, the other three games, I'm tipping Penrith, I'm tipping Roosters, and I'm tipping Parramatta as just. Mm. I see them just stronger teams across the board at the moment, and uh, you know, I'd like to see an upset, but uh, I think I think uh, the cream will rise in the first week of the final. All right, mate. Well, we might chat the same time next week and see uh, see how your predictions uh, went. But uh, do enjoy week one of the finals. Great stuff. There is Dan Walsh from NRL.com. You can read all his stuff at the uh, the official website of the NRL. And uh, tomorrow, well, tomorrow we will know. One team will be going through to the uh, preliminary final. Will it be Manly? Will it be Melbourne? You're listening to Chris Warren, this special NRL finals edition of Higher Ground. And another thing I discover in That's my team, and uh, this man, you need him on your team. You need this man on your team if you're going to have a little flutter and uh, we do say gamble responsibly. Beforeyoubet.com.au, beforeyoubet.com.au. That's the website you can go to, and uh, the Profits Guru. He puts some very good stuff on there. He joins us on most uh, NRL match days on a Sunday, and he's been kind enough to, uh, to join us tonight. How are you, Guru? Yeah, I'm well. Thanks, Chris, mate. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, mate. Um, now, I don't know if I've asked you this before. I think I have asked you this before. Your team is? Oh, I don't put that Okay, no, that's right. I, yeah. I have asked you before. And you've played <laughs> you have, yeah. straight, straight bat, straight bat. No, of course, and that's that's wise. In your uh, field, what you do, uh, you've got to be objective across all things. All right. Um, all right, so I won't ask you that. What era? What era? Oh, yeah. how, uh, how old are you, Guru? I reckon you're in your on, 40s, uh, 30s. No, I'm, I'm younger, mate. I'm in, I'm in my 30s, yeah. Righto, 30s. Okay. Um, were you watching the game in the 80s then? Oh, hang on. No. No, you weren't. Oh, well, geez. I'm going down to a dead end here. We're, going, <laughs> we're throwing it out to our listeners. Who are your favourite players from the 80s? Some favourite players from the 80s. And obviously, you know, my parameter background is, is all the eels but there's some great players out there we're going to hear from um he's more 90s player a bit later on in the show rod wishart he spoke to uh, joel and fletch on drive this afternoon righto i digress okay i um got nowhere did i going down those two avenues let's go down to third <laughs> let's go down to third avenue and this is where you can really excel guru because this is your bread and butter stuff so um that's my team we've got eight teams left Week one of the finals, it all kicks off in less than 24 hours. Manly against Melbourne. We know that Manly, they troubled the storm, didn't they, not so long ago. 
I think they were leading at one stage by two or four points, maybe even six points. But the storm came over the top of Manly and uh, and got, got the chocolates. That was their only meeting this year. The Storm beat Manly 28-18. That was at Suncorp in round 21. Four tries to three. Yeah, and it was uh, it was eight all at half time. Some people and a lot of people are saying it's as simple as this. You stop Turbo, you stop the Sea Eagles. But sometimes that's easier said than done. Yeah, that, that's a that's a very good point. Look, the, the form of Turbo this year has been unbelievable. Um, he's he's played 15 games and he's he's the favourite to win the Daily M. So that tells you everything you need to know about him. I, I'm really looking forward probably to this match most of all this weekend. Um, and the Storm head in as strong favourites. And we, we spoke on Sunday and the one thing I said was I, I probably had the Eels as maybe the upset uh, coming into this week. And the, the longer the week's gone on, the probably the further I've moved away from that point. And there's a couple of reasons to that. The Storm have won eight out of the past 10 against the Seagulls, including mm. that victory this year. Their average win margin is 15.9 points. And the, the counter-argument to the whole Tom Turbo thing is the Storm would have done their homework. They they would know how to counteract him, um, how to take him out of the game. And I don't think you can take a, a quality player like Tom Trebojevic out of a game. Uh, I think you just limit his effectiveness. And he, he will then rely on the players around him. So a, a case for the Seagulls, though, in that round 21 fixture. They just had a 67% completion rate. They averaged fewer metres and fewer post-contact metres along with 12 errors. So if they improve on that and they get more possession then they're a chance. So I'm still leaning towards the storm but I do have questions about the Seagulls defence. They've allowed teams like the Tigers, Titans, Dragons, Bulldogs and Raiders to all score 18 or more points. So I'm going to go with the storm to win but by 1-12 to at 280. 1 to 12 at 280 storm for you. All right, I'll just throw my little uh, piece into the mix there as well. I have tipped Manly. Cameron Munster will play, but he won't be at, at 100%. Okay, he'll be close to 100%, but he, he's not trained all week, really. He trained today, um, didn't go through the full session, I don't think. And, you know, you take the Fox out of that team, it, it's a fair bit of strike. It is a fair bit of strike taken out of that team. So that is why I am edging slightly even more towards the Sea Eagles. Um, there's been a scratching too. Uh, Lockie and Croker, a uh, manly hook has been ruled out too. He pulled up with a, a stiff lower back. So um, he won't be playing. And, and Siren, Curtis Siren will come onto the bench. Righto, we move on. Uh, the Guru, this is the Prophets Guru. And you can see, I'll read all this information at beforeyoubet.com.au. Roosters and the Titans, that's the first game on Saturday, 5.40 kickoff in Townsville. Doubleheader up there. Uh, we know that Jared Warrior Hargreaves is back from a knee injury. Victor Radley is back also uh, from suspension, isn't he? Uh, or is that injury? No, it's, it's suspension, isn't it, for Radley? Yeah. So um, you know, even though they've got half of their crew uh, ruled out through injury, suspensions, retirements, they're still a very good-looking team, the Roosters. And they keep battling on. Uh, how do you see this one? Yeah, look, I'm with the Roosters here. That you, you're, everything you said there was spot on. There, they're a strong team. They're a tough side. I think the Titans were very lucky to make the finals. Um, not only did they have to rely on two results to go their way, they then had to perform mm. well against the Warriors, which they did. So credit to them. But they've just got one win against the Roosters in the past ten meeting. 
Yeah. Uh, the Roosters won their match this year against the Titans, 35-34. But that was at Seabus Super Stadium, and the Titans grow a leg when they play at that ground. Their, their points average was well above 30. The, the one thing we've said all year in the competition is there's the top six sides, and you can maybe even take Parramatta out of that, and then there's the rest of the competition. So the Titans don't fall into the top six sides for the year. I, I can't go past the Roosters, and I think for the Titans to win, they're going to need a near faultless display, and they're going to have to require the Roosters to be off their best. The other stat which sticks out in this game is that the Titans are in the bottom three for kick return metres, and the Roosters have a really good kicking game. So I think they're actually going to kick deep, pressure them, and make the Titans work out of their own end. I've, uh, I've got the Roosters covering the line, which is at 11.5 here. Good stuff, isn't it? See, I told you this guy knows. He's, I can see the mad Russians over in the studio here, um, Guru. He's nodding his head with everything you're saying there. He knows his stuff. That's why we've got him on, right? He's the guru. He's the prophet's guru, right? It's good stuff. I will add to that as well, not add to it, but you, you say the Titans, they, they grew a leg at Seabus Super Stadium. Mate, they grew 16 bionic legs. They were down 30 points to four. Can you remember? And they, they stopped home with five unanswered tries. And uh, Sammy Walker kicked that winning field goal. That was, uh, I can't remember what round that was. Anyway, earlier this season. Earlier this season. All right. Um, yeah, Roosters there for me as well. Um, and you talk about a, a few teams maybe shouldn't be in the finals because they lost more games than they won. And uh, that obviously is the case with the Gold Coast Titans. Panthers v Rabbitohs. Does anyone give South Sydney any chance at all? Minus Latrell Mitchell. Still a very good-looking team they've got. Yeah, that's a very good point. I give them a chance, but it's a very minimal one. Um, the the Rabbitohs have got that. Look, they suffered the round eleven fifty-six to twelve demolition. They started the round twenty-three match leading twelve nil, and then conceded twenty-five unanswered points. And there were a few factors in that game that you know were of concern. But the fact was that the Rabbitohs switched off, and they still did parts of that game wrong. The one thing which sticks out to me in the last seven meetings between the Rabbitohs and Panthers, the Rabbitohs have only scored over 20 points just once. And the last time was back in round 7, 2019. What the Panthers do to the Rabbitohs is they counteract their attacking weapons and then they hit them on the edges. Now, Latrell Mitchell in the side and the Rabbitohs couldn't defeat the Panthers in round 23. I think it's... That their 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 chances have just you know narrowed down further. So their only chance of winning, if the two packs bail it out, probably not. They need to limit Nathan Cleary with the ball and again get up on the outside of Luai and cut him down. But then again, teams have done that to Cleary all year, and his kicking game, his long kicking game, is absolutely phenomenal. He just absolutely grinds teams down, and then when the Panthers are presented with an opportunity, they take it. I don't think it'll be as one sided as the other two games in, in terms of the margin. So actually I've got the Panthers one for 12 at 290 and I do give the Rabbitohs a slight chance, but I, I think the Panthers are in the box seat going forward to win the competition. Mm. Again, he's over here nodding his head at everything you're saying. He's agreeing with you. Um, I, I reckon they need a couple of things to happen, South Sydney. Uh, young Blake Taff, if he's going to start at fullback, they need him to have a good night's sleep, right? He can't be having nightmares about these... Uh, Nathan Cleary torpedo bombs, all right? He's going to have a good night's sleep. The other thing they need to happen is for Nathan Cleary not to sleep a wink, suffering food poison all night, and barely gets out of his bed and rocks up to the game 
all right, feeling sick as a dog. I think they're the only two things that can maybe help South Sydney. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Let's move on. Let's move on. Parramatta and Newcastle. Um, Newcastle, another team that are in there. They lost more games than they won. The Eels, they had a great start to the season. They started through the end. But keep in mind, they they beat Melbourne Storm a couple of weeks back, didn't they? Uh, Blue and Gold's come out on top in this one. Yeah, look, that's the way I've got it going. And I, I made the, the point earlier about the top six sides and maybe remove Parramatta somewhat from that. Mm. Um, they are, in my opinion, the sixth side, and that's where they're finished on the ladder. But they, they are still quite a well-rounded team. And one thing they've done quite well throughout this, this season is they've beaten up on teams below them on the ladder. Um, they, they pummeled the Knights in round 13, 40 to 4. Mm. And they were just on top of them for that entire match. Now, there's a few... There's a few red flags for me with the Knights. They have a worse points difference than teams 8 through to 11 from the ladder. And even worse is that their attack is the second worst in the competition, only slightly ahead of the Bulldogs. So they average 17.8 points per game, whereas the Eels average 23.6 points per game. Mm. And the Eels actually have quite a strong defence. So, look, I I hold a lot of concerns about the Knights in this game. I think the Eels can cover the line at 7.5, and and not too much value in that, but it's it's probably the safer of the the options. But, look, there's also the other side of things. Newcastle have the capability in Ponga and Best to really turn it on and perform well. But... It, they haven't been able to do that in the last, you know, seven weeks. And that's even when they've been winning, they haven't been scoring a lot of points. So I don't know if everything just all of a sudden changes here and the, and the um, sorry, the Eels' defensive structure dissipates. I, I still think they're a strong enough unit to counteract what the Knights throw at them. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and I think, you know, they've just got to bottle that enthusiasm and that attitude they had a few weeks ago when they beat Melbourne Storm, you know. And that was all into the defence. You could see it from the opening exchanges that they were right up for that match. My concern with them, are they missing some points? We know Mike Acevo hasn't played for a couple of weeks now. But the other one, they've got no hooker. And that could really be a problem, you know. Um, Reed yeah. Marnie, obviously not there. But Joey Lussick's out with a calf strain, so... I don't know if Will Smith will um, start at hooker, but they reckon Ray Stone, well, he's been named to, to start there, but he's not a hooker, really. So that could be a problem. Yeah, that, it's it's it almost works into the defence mm. uh, mindset. He'll yeah. be a stronger body in the middle, but he does limit what they do in attack. Now, if you bring Will Smith off the bench, once the, the initial 20 minutes is, is out of it, then he can maybe open mm. up the game a little bit more. But we spoke about kicking games before, and... Mitchell Moses does cough a lot of flack, but one thing he does very well in his game is he kicks well yeah. and kicks long like Cleary. So if you want someone in your team, if, you, if you're not having a hooker to you know, kick the ball long and pressure a team in defence, well, Mitchell Moses is that fit for the, for the Eels in this game. And we know what wins games at the pointy end of the season, don't we? It's, it's all about defence, isn't it? So the, uh, Brad might be just thinking, look, you know, we're not going to need to score a stack of points to win this one. Let's just strangle these guys out, out, out of out of the game with rock-solid um, defence. Maybe that's the way they're going. All right, mate. Um, okay, I think you've already answered this question. Um, who wins it then? Who wins the big one? Oh, the Eels. Oh, uh, uh, overall, I've, I've got, the, I've got the, uh, the Panthers on top at this stage, and I'm just I'm not sold on who makes up the numbers. There's something about the Storm I'm still unconvinced, um, mm. unconvinced about, um, and whether that is the Seagulls. But if the Seagulls lose on Friday, they move to the same side as as the Panthers on the draw. So that kind of rules that out there. 
Hang on. So if Manly lose to Melbourne tomorrow, don't they then play the winner of the Roosters Titans, or have I got it around the wrong way? No, that's that's, that's right. That's yes, that is then right. If, if they were to win, mm-hmm. they'd have to go through to the Panthers to make the grand final. Correct, Amunda. Correct, Amunda. All right, mate. Um, we'll uh, we'll chat maybe again on Sunday, if not again in this same slot next week, because we're here again, Guru. So um, if you don't mind, we'd love to have you on again. Because as uh, my producer is over there nodding his head, he he loves you. <laughs> Don't you, bad Russian? <laughs> I hey? found him. So, oh, did you? Well, no, I didn't find him. He's <laughs> doing did. good work already. You unearthed this this gem. <laughs> I dragged him in, and then I left you on the Sunday show. Yeah. And I left you with. You took off me and the, the guru. Best, me and the, the guru. Me and the guru. Yeah, we've oh. been we've been together on a Sunday, just carrying the ship. Mm, that's I know. <laughs> I've been listening. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Guru. Just pump it up your tires, mate. But always good to chat. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. All right, mate. Good on you. There he is. The Profits Guru, beforeyoubet.com.au, beforeyoubet.com.au. Where do you want to go now? If you're running running this show, we'll we'll take a little break, shall we? You're listening to Higher Ground Special NRL Finals Edition. Yes, indeed, and I hope I'm uh, coming in crystal clear to your homes or wherever you might be tuning in to this. It's, uh, what is it, 4 to 10? We're here until 11. Special NRL Finals edition of Higher Ground. We'll be doing it next Thursday as well, I believe, and the Thursday after that. So this is uh, your new time slot for your late-night league lounge, all right? So come on up here, pull up a pew, find yourself somewhere to sit back and and chill and uh, be involved with the show. 0457 736 736. You know the drill. That's the text line. Send us a text if you can. Bondi Jack has been in touch. Um, Chrissy, you might want to tip to Dan Walsh from NRL.com. We spoke to him earlier uh, that we couldn't hear a word that he said in a long conversation. Very poor. Um, you were crystal clear. Cheers, Bondi Jack. Sorry about that, mate. I um, I thought his line was a bit faint too. And uh, we tried to Lift it a little bit and boost it, but we obviously didn't if you couldn't hear what he was saying. Uh, but he's a good fella, good fella, and he has got a lot of good stuff to say. Um, it's a shame you didn't hear it. So we will uh, take that on board, Bondi Jack. Um, um, thank you for getting in touch with us. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 That's the open line number. We had quite a few calls last night. Been a bit quiet on the uh, open line front tonight. Everyone's had fast fingers. A bit on the text. Have they? Fast fingers. Okay. Uh, shall we go through our our tips? No, we were talking about online dating well, before. I wanted to online this. dating before. Someone, I don't know why, they sent a text to us asking me for tips on online dating. Why, why am I suddenly online dating guru? Well, it is in your promo now as well. Which I haven't heard. You haven't heard? No. It's been running. Can you find it? A lot of the day. Yeah, I can find it for you. And so basically you've cut up a promo with something about me and online dating, without my without my approval, without my permission, people are going to think so I'm I'm a, I'm a creepy, oh that's cre- creepy that, old that's single so out, single that's, dad. That's such an outdated view of the world. Thank Chris. you, thank you, and I'm not clearly I'm not. But right single, single. Well, I guess I am. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, no shame in that. No, there's no shame in that at all. I like my own company. Yeah. Good point. Good thing too. Good thing. We're my age and single. But yeah. I'm always busy too. Three beautiful kids. Uh, we spend a lot of good quality time together. But I don't know where this promo came from with me online. So that's where people are getting it from the promo. Do you, do you want me to play it now for you? If, if, if you got if it, we've got to just give me one. Well, sec. see, well, I've got people texting me. Suddenly, I'm an online dating guru, and I don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, okay, I am on a couple of apps. <laughs> I have had a few dates here and there. 
But people are asking me for advice now, and I'm, I'm thinking, why? where have they learnt this? It's because you put me in a promo. Oh, funny, is it? It's not. It's uh, it's good promotion for Shouldn't you have gone through my agent or manager and said, oh, do you mind if I... Here we go. Prima donna behaviour, that. <laughs> haven't got one. <laughs> well, you found it yet or not? Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sinking here. I, I can't pad for much longer. We've got it. Okay, you got it. You you produce this without my permission. You got any plans tonight? Why not drop into our late night league lounge? Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays on SEN. We've got all the big issues covered. But Mark's there from Wollongong. We were going to win the competition, but we were going to overachieve. And they ruined our season. And the not so big as well. QE Kip, it could be in the love lounge. I could write a bloody book on this stuff. Yeah, but you need to talk about it. I've got arthritis in my fingers from swiping. That's higher ground with me, Chris Warren, on SEN. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. Oh, dear. So that's where they've got it from. That's actually not the latest one either. I've got one with Mark from Wollongong there, but Jim from Canterbury features oh, on the, I love the more recent one. one. Yeah, I want to hear them at some point too. We might as well find Hopefully them. In the yeah, break. Uh, in the break, yeah. Um, that's, that's where they go. So I'm suddenly, I'm the SEN resident um, online data. So people just... Well, you've had people texting into you today. Oh, good. Oh, good, good, good. Do you want to do tips or not? You don't yeah, care okay. about... Well, so the reason I'd put this here in the rundown is we just talked to Noddy, we talked to Dan Walsh getting all the inside information, mm-hmm. and and then we got Prophet Guru with a sort of statistical analysis. So you got a man, we you got put a all man that crush together. on Guru, haven't you? I, I think he's a terrific talent. So do I. Um, but we've put all that together. So now I'm, I'm keen to hear who wins these... Four games. Okay, right. Because I think night? I'm going to disagree with you as well. Uh, tomorrow night, then. Tomorrow night, it all kicks off, doesn't it? It all kicks off tomorrow night. Melbourne Storm and Manly, uh, Sunshine Coast Stadium, be a full house. Munster will play, but he hasn't really trained all week. No, Josh Addo Carr. Lachlan Croker has been ruled out for Manly. Mm. Um, I haven't got the team lineup here that comes in, but uh, Curtis Sheridan will yes. come onto, onto the, the bench. bench. Yep, onto the bench and. Uh, he's lost me, he's lost me, he's lost me. Comes in at hooker uh, from Carl Warriors. Lawton. Carl Lawton. Carl Lawton will start in the number nine. Um, up there, and so that's a home game for Melbourne, obviously. It's mm. their home ground, isn't it? Home ground from last year. Spent the whole season there and, and most of this year as well. Sold out. Sold out. Manly 1-12 to for me. I have to tip the storm. I'm fighting the one-man battle to mm-hmm. take the kiss of death well, everyone, off no. Manly. Because everyone. everyone's tipping them. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Look at the bookies, mate. The bookies, um, Storm are, are, are favourites for that and short favourites for juiced that. Juiced up the odds. They know everyone's getting on Manly. Okay. Then on Saturday, double header uh, in Townsville, isn't it? Roosters mm. against the Titans. First one at uh, 5.40 kickoff. Roosters. Roosters for me as well. Mm. You know, Titans could, they could put on a show. But David Fafita could just have a day out. Mm. Fasul Malawi could have a day out. Um, Jaden Campbell. Jaden Campbell is is growing in confidence week on week. No, the Roosters will be too good. No, they'll be too good. Too good. And, and half the Agreed. Titans team have not played finals footy. Yeah, couldn't right? agree more. Yeah, Roosters, uh, well, what? What margin? I think 13 plus. Yeah, okay. Um, have they got that many points in them? Yeah. No, no Roosters 1 to 12. They won by one point, didn't they? Uh, earlier this year. Roosters 1-12 for me on that one. Penrith Panthers, South Sydney. Panthers. 
I think everyone's tipping the Panthers in that game, aren't they? Oh, you have to. And so that's the second leg in Townsville, the double header on Saturday. If Nathan Cleary's playing, well, I why don't think there can be another tip. Is there something I should know about that? Why wouldn't no. he be playing? Well, he's, he's in the team, so the Panthers win yeah, no, when Panthers he's in the win. team. Panthers win. Yeah. Toto will be his uh, third game back since ankle uh, surgery. Mm. Uh, he scored a hat-trick last weekend. Uh, yeah, Panthers. Um, I'm going 13+. plus. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'm going 13+. plus. There you go. Um, South Sydney fans will disagree. Mm. Uh, and Parramatta, Newcastle. I think the Eels are really hitting some Sunday form. in Rockhampton, huh? I think the Eels are really hitting some form. Don't you? I, th- I think well, the last have, few weeks... Well, they've, they've played Melbourne and Penrith in the past fortnight. And they've looked much improved. The scoreline against Penrith wasn't you know, no flattering, but, but they... A weak inside. Weak inside, yeah. Um, they win. No, they win. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I think it's going to be a tight one. One yeah, to twelve. Parramatta one to twelve. All right. So I've got Manly one to twelve. I've got Roosters one to twelve. I've got Panthers thirteen plus, and I've got Parramatta one to twelve. And I've got Melbourne. I haven't got margins. Melbourne. I've got all the favourites. I'm being very boring. Yeah. Melbourne, Sydney. You Penrith, need to get out more. See, so you're boring, techno, get out. If you need to get out and be a man about out I, in the woods, out in the woods and survive you know, in the I usually, jungle. I usually like an upset, but I just think the the favourites there are all playing way too well. No, you're probably right. Yeah. You're probably and right. I, I think the the pile on Manly to beat the storm, mm. I think is, no, look, is wrong. No, everything you say is right. I can't argue. <laughs> I can't argue with you. All right. So you're not going to get an argument, right? You're not getting an argument. Except out of that me. you tip man. Yes, I did. I did. Uh, we're going to stay till eleven o'clock. Are we going to stay till eleven o'clock? Or yeah, we are. Good. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to do that. I want to uh, hear Rod Wishart later on too in the next hour. Mm-hmm. We're going to play that from uh, this afternoon in Drive. Yep. Like to hear from Wishart. Keep those texts coming through as well. Your favourite players from the 1980s. Yeah, so we try and address most of the issues in rugby league. Uh, this week's been mostly about West Tigers. It's also been about Queensland origin, as in the background, all the build-up continues to week one of the NRL finals. Well, Paul Green's resignation, I guess we can call it that, uh, he and uh, the QRL parted company this week. Basically, they are saying they wanted someone wholly and solely with the eye on the ball for origin, whereas Paul has quite openly said before that he would like to break back into the NRL ranks as a head coach. And uh, there are probably one or two or maybe three clubs possibly searching for a new head coach, if not for next season, uh, maybe in the year after. Billy Slater, it appears, would be at the front of the queue now uh, to take over um, as the new Queensland State of Origin coach. I believe Cameron Smith told this very station that it wasn't for him. We'll hear from him shortly. Um, Jonathan Thurston uh, would like to maybe assist Billy Slater, but I don't think Thurston is ready for that sort of gig as yet. Jonathan Thurston, he spoke to Matt White uh, on Paul Green's resignation. Yeah, it came as a shock to me, but, um, you know, I've spoken to him now about it and I understand uh, the decision. You know, I think it's the the wrong decision moving forward. I thought he was the right man to take us forward, but um, you know, he couldn't guarantee the QRL that when an NRL or if an NRL job came up, you know, that's always been his ambitions and he was very transparent uh in the way that he communicated that with the with the QRL. So 
understand from both parties why they parted ways, but um, yeah, I've heard my name's been thrown up quite a bit uh, since then, but um, yeah, I've, uh, I'm uh, not ready for a, a head coaching role, um, but yeah, it's been still certainly love to help out at QRL or in any capacity that they would like me to. There's JT, so uh, happy to help out. And I don't see JT, with all due respect, I don't see him in, as in a head coaching role. Uh, I don't think it's his go. I don't think he's cup of tea. I don't, I don't know. I just don't really see it. Origin, Billy Slater, could he do it? My opinion, I reckon he could for sure. I reckon he'd be really good at the job. Keep in mind, you know, uh, and Steve Renoff told us earlier on tonight, he, he, he's a bit surprised by it. He, he thinks, because he's got no coaching experience, it could be a bit of a gamble. Mm. And it would be a gamble. But, you know, all these players, they're, they've been so well coached, haven't mm. they, at club level. They come together for, you know, five or six weeks of the year. Mm. You don't need to really teach them too much about footy, although you've got to know your strategies and, and what Freddie does. But it is more of a man management type role. Mm. Um, Steve Pearl was saying it would maybe, you know, Wayne Bennett comes back for another year and, and has Billy underneath him and gives him a bit of a, you know, a mentorship for a year. I don't know. I I, I think Billy would be, um, I think he would do a good job. Mm. I think it's very different from, would Billy be ready for an NRL job? No, no way in the world. No way in the world. You've got to go and really do some apprenticeship and some times um, you know, under some good people to, to learn how that was all done. Uh, but Origins, it's a different thing. It's a totally different thing. Uh, we know that Cooper Cron is on the Queensland Rugby League board now. So he will have input into who will be the new Maroons coach. He was speaking on NRL 360 yesterday, I believe. Uh, let's have a listen to what he had to say. The three guns. Oh, there's something about the crew being in and around it, but you've got to take a le- le- leap of faith with one of the three of them because they haven't got it. The only thing they probably coach is their, their kids under 12 footy teams. So, so the three guns are who? Smith, Slater, Thurston. Mm. They're the three guns. There's, there's something about... Look, let, let's go back to uh, the coaching of Origin. Um, for me, playing Origin is the second highest level of the game. Australia is number one. So the coaching needs to be at the same equivalent. If you're going to play at that level, the coach needs to see it as one of the highest accolades he can get. The coach in Queensland is not a halfway stop to getting back into the NRL, and that's where the Paul Green thing fell over. So I think we're in a position now that we know exactly what we want. We just need to fit the right person into it. Well, there is Cooper Cronk talking on Fox Sports. While we're talking about Fox Sports, just out of the corner of my eye, there's a program on now on uh, 502 with our own Brian Fletcher up there with uh, Nathan Hindmarsh as well. So this is um, from quite some time ago, and they're interviewing interviewing, uh, Des Hasler and Daly Cherry Evans, right? Manly captain and coach. Now, when Fletcher's interviewing anyone, you know that it's not always going to be serious. In Mm. fact, it's more often than not going to be – it's going to be taking the piss, isn't it, really? So I have I have seen snippets of it, yeah. but you're saying it's quite a it's quite a clever interview and and what Desi Hasler just played the straight bat the whole way through, did he? Go and have a look at it on YouTube. Very Good. very well done, and <laughs> very well played by Des, who just completely takes. Mm. Um, Takes the Mickey out of Fletchback. It's very good. Oh, funny. He's funny, isn't he, the mad professor? The only reason I know that it's definitely not current is because uh, Des actually has pretty short hair. And, short back uh, and sides. Yes. And, I mean, look at me. I'm getting out of control. <laughs> I'm getting out of control. And Desi's a lot worse than me. Uh, I saw the article today in the t- Telegraph about his big wings coming out the side there in the press conference at the weekend. Uh, he can't find a barber either, and I'm on the Northern Beaches. I can't find a barber. 
it's very difficult to get someone to cut your hair these days. Um, and even more difficult for us singletons out there that haven't got anyone at home that can can do it other than some young Would kids. Would you let your daughter? Yeah. Well, oh, well they've offered. They've offered. Yeah. Uh, I said, no, no, no. No, I have taken to my in front of the mirror myself and just chopped a fair bit away. I, I was telling you the other day, it was I almost, almost lost an ear, though, because the mirror, it's all reverse angle, right? You're looking in the mirror <laughs> and you suddenly the scissors are all crooked. It's, it's it's difficult stuff. Mm. Anyway, we're not here to talk about my my follicle challenges. Uh, we're here to talk mostly rugby league. Uh, you're listening to this special NRL finals edition of Higher Ground. Up next, we're going to cross the ditch. All right, we thought we'd uh, go across the ditch now to get a, a view from New Zealand. Jason Oliver isn't just a Warriors fan, but he's also a writer for Rugby League Writers and Stats Insider, and he joins us on the line now on Higher Ground. How are you, Jace? Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. A pleasure, mate. Staying up nice and late over there with the time difference. Do appreciate that. News today, Jason, that it's looking likely the Warriors will be based in Oz for the third year in a row. Uh, this time in Redcliffe, uh, being a, a rugby league fan in New Zealand at the moment, um, is it possible to to connect with the Warriors in the same way? It's definitely a struggle at the moment. Uh Quite a big disconnect, I think, with the club. Just not being able to go to home games. Nothing quite like going to Mount Smart and getting in with all the locals. And I think just... I was thinking about it today as they announced that third year. Uh, it'll be years for me since seeing them live. And, yeah, definitely definitely not quite the same. It's quite the same passion that I had two or three years ago when you got to go see them every week. Yeah, I, I, look, we all we all hope hope for the day that the the Warriors are again, you know, knocking on the door of the finals. They they didn't quite do enough this year to uh, to warrant a place in the top eight, mind you. There are a few teams in the top eight that probably shouldn't be there. They lost more than they won. Um, with the Warriors themselves, they've you know they've had additional excuses. They don't like to call them excuses, but it. It has been a difficult couple of years. I mean, let's let's be honest about all this. What else went wrong with the current squad this year, do you think? Yeah, I thought the obvious playing from home and I think every team can point to a few injuries. Uh, Toru Harris and Finnegal Blake mm-hmm. spent too long on the sideline and that really contributed to a lack of cohesion, which was probably their biggest issue. Uh, Chanel Harris-Tavita as well in the key play bank position. I think cohesion just affected both sides of the ball and they never really, even games they won, you could find quite a few holes within the victory. And I think, you know, trying to crowbar Reese Walsh into the team, which obviously had a lot of benefits, but it cost them the best version of RTS, parking them out on the wing. Mm. I think... Yeah, a lot of shuffling, whether it was forced or uh, on purpose. And, yeah, cohesion, I think, is one of the most underrated aspects of rugby league. And the Warriors didn't really have any of it this year. No, no. And in, in, in many games, it looked that way too, didn't it? Um, not that they weren't trying, but just uh, sort of on a different page. It, it, you're right. There, there, there looked to be a lack of cohesion. Bright. Bright uh, notes going forward. Walsh should be better in year two. Harris DeVita, um, he's only you know, relatively young as well. Uh, does the squad need, um, not need fertilising, it need, does it need a, an additions to it? Anywhere you think needs to be strengthened in particular? Uh, 
I think the playing group is good enough to improve quite a lot next year. Fenua Blake and Lodge, if they can both stay on the field and do it together, I quite liked a few of the things they started to do with sort of running in pairs and tipping the ball onto each other and throw Tohu Harris in 13 and you've got three guys in the middle that can run for 150 metres each, play each other onto the ball and cause a lot of havoc in the middle. But I think the edges, Josh Curran, has, I still can't believe how good he's been this year, but there's a bit of a gap uh, on that other edge. And I guess the most encouraging sign is Sean Johnson returning. He's going to finally have a bit of a platform to play behind at the Warriors, even when he was there last time. He never really had a... He didn't have a pack quite like Fenua Blake, Lodge and Harris. So mm. I think he's going to be a major, major addition. And they lost five or six games by less than try this year. And he's the sort of guy that wins one or two of those and... That was the difference between finals footy this year. All right. Well, away from the Warriors, I'm talking to Jason Oliver, by the way, uh, rugby league writers and uh, and stats insider. Uh, I saw your article, Achilles Heel, uh, for Stats Insider, outlining basically where each side can be beaten. So let's start with uh, the team right at the top, Melbourne Storm. How does Manly beat them tomorrow? Well, my biggest concern for the Storm was their cohesion. But that was before round 25 when Ryan Pappenhausen looked back to his best. But I think Melbourne, if they're susceptible to anything, it's teams that take them on out wide quite early in a set. Um, they like to compress the middle defence early, the Storm do. So if, if Manly can get Trebojevic on that outside and playing Saab and Garrick down the sideline, I think that'll be their, their best chance at stealing an upset. All right. How about the Panthers then, uh, Jason? Up against the Rabbitohs on Saturday. Um, I mean, other than finding a way to uh, to wipe out Nathan Cleary, where can teams, um, where can they get at this this brilliant Penrith team? I really had to think hard about their weakness, and I think the weakness is probably sort of the unknown of them under pressure. They did it so easy when they're at full strength this year that we've not seen them, we've not really had to see them apply a plan B. We caught it a little bit in round, well, their last one against uh, the Rabbitohs when the Bunnies scored a few early points, but Cleary just ended up kicking them to death. Um, and they couldn't, the Souths couldn't quite just keep up with the pace. So I think if they can, if they can just hang with them, get into a bit of a grind, like Wayne Bennett will probably try to get them to do, It'll be good to see uh, Penrith forced to try a couple of different things and maybe a few of the trick shots they applied earlier in the year. Yeah, okay. Um, now, you yourself, mate, you, we're talking about players and pathways and how they got to the top. You made a name for yourself writing pretty much online, didn't you, and for independent publications. Um, tell us a bit about your story. What are the challenges and, and benefits uh, of that? I just started because I really enjoyed it and then sort of things fell into place and I had a bit of time to try and do it full time and I've just kind of grown it from nothing but um, the challenges are just getting independent stuff read I guess there's social media is a big driver but it's pretty hard to compete with the 
I guess, controversial or sort of crisis headline when you try to take a bit more of an analytical approach to my writing. Um, yeah, getting it in, onto eyeballs is the mm. the biggest challenge. And then in terms of rugby league writers, which we've got a subscription on, the challenge is turning people that enjoy the content into subscribers because a lot of people just don't like paywalls and don't trust what's behind them a lot of the time. Mm. And you, you've got to make your articles uh, interesting too, don't you? And a lot of your stuff is data and, and, and in-depth analysis. What, who would be uh, you know, one or two of your favourite players um, to watch and, and to write about at the moment? Nathan Cleary is easily number one for me at the moment, just down to just the subtleties of what he does with the ball. And I don't think I fast forward, I mean, rewind or pause on any other player quite like I do him. Um, you can watch, you can watch a set two or three times and see a couple of different things he's done to either get his team up the field or create points on the edges. He's he's quite easy number one, and then Trebovich is obviously must-watch TV at the moment, along with mm. Cody Walker, probably number three. Absolutely, mate. Thanks for joining us, Jace. Um, across the ditch, and again, I know it's a time difference for you. Enjoy uh, week one of the NRL finals, won't you? Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. Cheers, no worries. Well, it's been a bit of fun. I hope you've enjoyed your time up here in the late night league lounge. Time for me to uh, say farewell. Turn the lights out before you leave. I'll be back on Sunday for NRL match day from midday. Plenty of rugby league to come until then. Uh, take care. Keep smiling, and bye for now.